selling with authenticity. It's building that relationship. about the value. You want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Elevate others around Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello, and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? You know what? First words that come into my head, Daryl, we're in the dog days of summer already. I can't believe it as we're heading into the last 30 days of quarter three. What is happening, Daryl? It is blowing and going. And uh, and actually, as we're recording this, it's not too funny. Our heart's out to everybody in South Louisiana. And, um, you know, we're, we're uh, cheering you on and want to help any way we can. I know it's been rough. But hey, welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. If you're new You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it selling from the heart. And Larry, the community right now, all the excitement around the upcoming 2021 Trust Building Challenge first week in October. Wow, it's so much fun. Uh, Just all the chatter and conversation that's going on about the Trust Building Challenge. Oh, I'm super excited. Hey, I just, I, I can't wait for October. More importantly, just to hang out with people that we just love and adore. I mean, it's just, it's so good when we do these challenges. It's almost therapy, Daryl. It's going to be, <laughs> well, it, it will be therapeutic and it's going to be very practical. <laughs> and I just got the proof in for the bumper. So check this out. This is going to be the bumper at the beginning of the challenge episodes. It'll give you a good taste of what to experience. Do you want to grow sales faster? You need more trust with your prospects and clients. Welcome to the 2021 Trust Building Challenge, brought to you by Selling from the Heart. Each day, you'll be challenged and equipped with new ideas to grow and sustain trust. You'll discover practical ideas that you can put to work right away to help you grow your sales. You're about to be coached by some of the world's foremost sales thought leaders and practitioners. This is going to be practical and fun. So grab a pen and notepad and get ready to take action as we join our hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy. Man, this is going to be so It's going to be great. And every day that week from 12 to 1 Eastern time, uh, that's 9 to 10 out on the West Coast, uh, it's going to be fantastic. We're going to challenge each other. We've got an incredible team of coaches that are coming on board. Uh, One of our coaches, I just finished the last chapter of his book this morning, and I'm just going right back to the beginning because it was so good. Hats off to Don Barden. And the perfect plan, Don, is going to bring so much value to this challenge, and it is so exciting. So you want to be a part of this, right, Larry? Absolutely. 100%. You have to be a part of it. I have to be a part of it. So what are you talking about? (laughs) But everyone in the Selling from the Art uh, audience, I want to ask you to do two things. First of all, go get your spot right now, 2021trustchallenge.com. That's 2021trustchallenge.com. It's free, thanks to our friends at BombBomb and other partners in this. But also, I want to challenge you to share this with your clients, share this um, with your coworkers, 
and uh, let's spread the message of authenticity and let's get let's upskill ourselves in the area of building trust. Speaking of upskilling ourselves in the area of building trust, what a great segue to today's guest, a good friend of Selling from the Heart, an alumni. Why don't you introduce our friend Todd Capone and let's dive in, Larry. Oh, this is this is such a great conversation we're going to have with Todd Capone. Hey, by the way, it's so good to see you, Todd. Is when we start talking about trust, when you start layering in transparency, it takes this to another level completely. Um, past podcast alumni, Todd's been in the Selling from the Heart Insiders group. We just love hanging out with you. Todd Capone, welcome back to Selling from the Heart. Guys, I just, I see you and it puts me in a good mood. So it's uh, awesome to hang out again. Man, it's great. It's great to see you again. And I'm so excited about all the things that are going on. But as we get started, Todd, you know the question that every Selling from the Heart podcast guest answers. And that is, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? You know, um, I, I'm going to inject a little sales history right out of the <laughs> gate here for you. Um, so there's a book. Uh, it's called uh, Scientific Selling and Advertising. The year is 1919. The author is Arthur Dunn. He's got a quote that like tugs me right here every time. And it says, if the truth won't sell it, don't sell it. And like, I, I just think that selling from the heart for me is about truly realizing that our role, our profession depends on us being a partner to our customers and helping them. One of the questions that I often ask as I talk to sales leaders is, do you know what your sales team's efforts mean to your customers, but more importantly, to your customers' customers. Like getting down to that end point, that end level. And you know, a lot of reps think of themselves as being a number with a number, but if you really think about the impact that you're making on the lives of the people that you sell to customers, that's what selling from the heart is all about. It's about making an impact on the world. And I, I could go on and on about this one. I, I just, uh, was reading a book from a guy named Norval Hawkins from 1920, where he talks about what success is. And success is not just about making a name for yourself. It's not just about having enough money. It's about making an impact in a positive way to society. And it, he calls it the triune, that if you don't have all three of those pieces, are you truly successful? And so that mm. telling from the heart is like those three together. And that's why like Norval Hawkins, who Henry Ford called the greatest salesperson he's ever had. I think he nails it with that combined with Arthur Dunn's, the truth won't sell it, don't sell it. Hey, Daryl, this is so good. Hey, everyone, key in on this. This is 100 years old. Wow. And it's and it's still relevant, but I absolutely love what you just said, because I'm going to layer on top of this, Daryl, before we get we really dive into this podcast. Um, I'm a big fan of Andy Stanley, and he was running a whole series um, – it's, it's still ongoing as we're recording this. It's all around integrity. And he said something that I think ties into exactly what you're saying is he said, just do the right thing because it's the right thing, even if it costs us. Now, let's stop and think about that and think about what Todd just said. And this is why it's ever so important as we need to rebuild trust in the sales world, Daryl. Yeah, it's so it's so good, and I I'm so excited to talk about <laughs> today's topic, which is um, you looking back uh, in history. Uh, you've got the Sales History Podcast, and by the way, you got to check out. 
the sales history podcast. This is so beautiful. You've been going back in the archives and, you know, back in the Model T days, back when Larry was just starting to sell. I do. Incredible. I'm going to tell you, Capone, there's not a freaking podcast that goes by that Daryl doesn't try to stab me right in the heart. So, hey, but it's all hey, good. I love the dude. I think your experience and age and all of that is real asset, Larry. But, you know, You're if you go older than me. If you go back in history, uh, you know, there's one constant. There's a lot of change in, in the profession of sales. But there's one constant, and that is um, we've got to we have the responsibility of building trust. A lot of trust. Things go smooth. As you say, in the transparency sale, low trust, everything goes really slow. So tell us, uh, fill us in, though. Tell us about this, this history of sales podcast, because I think the idea is absolutely brilliant. Well, yeah, it started with, it's just a nerdery of mine. I, I had a book, I've got a book from uh, copyright 1945 uh, mm -hmm. called The Five Great Rules of Selling by Percy Whiting. I read that and I was like, wow, there's so much goodness in here. There's also like, there's a whole section on door-to-door -door selling, which is hilarious, but it references other books. And I was like, I want to go find those. And I kept going back and I've gotten all the way back to the 1890s with the book collection that I've got now. Wow. And then I've got um, a whole collection of what's called Salesmanship Magazine from 1904 to, it was like 1909, where it became the Business Philosopher Magazine. <clears throat> I've been reading all this stuff. The stories are incredible. But the, the really important part of this is, to your point, like this book here, 1916, I wish you could smell it because it smells like history. <laughs> um, it's called The Art and Science of Selling. There's wow. a whole chapter in here on honesty. Hmm. So we've known forever that honesty not only sells better, but it's the right thing to do. And over time, we kind of lost our way. And so I'm trying to do a couple of things. I'm trying to bring back some of the big brains of sales history and make people recognize that, gosh, so much of this foundational stuff is still so applicable today. And the writing was so good back then. But then that second piece is about selling from the heart and transparency and this realization that sales was not always a slimy profession. They mm -hmm. did things the right way. And they did things the right way as in, I'll go on a little tangent here for a second. 1916, the first World Sales Congress. So uh, like Larry, I saw you're speaking at Outbound, like, Think about outbound, but think about it. 1916, Detroit, Michigan, 3,000 attendees, the keynote, then President Woodrow Wilson. All right. So wow. imagine <laughs> imagine a sales conference outbound and like the president is the keynote. Oh, I then double that. Oh, what was happening in 1916? We were in the middle of a world war and the president is speaking at a sales conference. That's how important sales was to not only the economy of the US, but our future and taking advantage of the progressive era of the industrial revolution. Salespeople selling the right products to the right customers at the right time, the right price, we're going to lift the whole economy, which means everybody gets paid, right? And so like, that's, that's what I'm trying to bring back to this is let's take those lessons from the 1960s and go, all right, how do we apply those to the 2020s and make sure that we get back to those fundamentals and the things that we were doing and that vision of, hey, it's not about us, the salespeople. It's about uplifting everybody so we all win. Yeah, this is this is so good because oftentimes, you know, when Daryl and I are working with, with teams and so forth, we talk about perception as reality. And if you ask, you know, 
everyone, what's your perception of salespeople? You're not going to get what we're talking about, about being transparent and being genuine and being honest and doing the right thing and being, you know, somebody who carries himself with the utmost of integrity. And that's what I love about you, Todd, and being part of our community and what we're bringing, you know, through selling from the heart is this is a very honest, noble profession, because if we don't sell things, money doesn't move through the economy at the rate that it needs to. It's just somewhere down the road. We took a we took a veer off hard right somewhere. Yeah. Well, I think about like when I wrote the book, my intention was just to get those ideas out there, knowing that I, it would be great to get every salesperson thinking the right way again. But I think like that's an unattainable goal. But when I talk to companies like one of my clients is in the antivirus technology space. So you know, like endpoint technology to keep viruses from impacting your network type stuff. You know how many competitors there are in that space? Yeah. 56, right? So like the last analyst report on the antivirus technology space, 56. I believe with what you guys are doing and what I'm trying to do here is how do we create a different, an extra differentiator? Like we can differentiate on our features and functions and our price and our go-to-market and all that. But I believe that we can all, and everybody listening to this has got a real opportunity to differentiate in the way that they sell by embracing these things, right? Like when I wrote the book, I had come to this realization about like looking at, and we can dig into this a little more, looking at when a website's acting as a salesperson, what do consumers do? Mm-hmm. And taking those lessons around transparency and like Amazon putting, hey, you bought a product. If you hated it, come on back and tell everybody. And that's mm-hmm. going to help us sell more. And I'm like, what? Well, that applies to human to human selling, right? Mm-hmm. This idea, transparency sells better than perfection. But because of the proliferation of reviews and feedback and everything we do, everything we buy, everything we experience, we now have to do it anyway. So I, there's a great opportunity to differentiate in the way you sell. And I also think that the time is coming where you can't hide the truth and expect to get away with it anymore anyway. So why not use it to your advantage and then be a better human being in the process? So where did we lose our way? Where did we <laughs> say, you know, obviously, and, and in the transparency sale, and by the way, if you're in the selling from the heart community, uh, you've, you've, this is, you've read this book. And if you haven't read this book yet, go, go buy the book it right now. <laughs> it's my favorite book because it's not only a book, it has a transparency <laughs> on the book. And, uh, I like Larry did learn to sell not, uh, from PowerPoint. We learned to sell from transparencies, right? So I like that. It's near and dear to my heart. Tom, uh, Tom Hopkins. Uh, I saw a lot of your stuff on transparencies back in the day, but <laughs> But where did we lose? So you're doing this, you're going back in the archives, you're digging out uh, books and magazines from the early part of last century. Um, what, what, where did we lose it as a profession? Because right now, I mean, Edelman, Trust Barometer, we're like, like slightly below advertising people and one notch above politicians, right? The yeah. trust is not high in the profession. Where did we get off track? Well, here's my perspective on it. So if you go back to 1916, when Woodrow Wilson speaking at this conference, talking about how important salespeople are and salespeople not only being trusted and respected, but they were actually admired, mm-hmm. right? Like 19, that says 105 years ago. Remember what it, well, uh, can I make the Larry joke? Remember Larry, what it was like to- uh, <laughs> Okay, uh, I, I, dude, I'll, I'll, you know I'll, what? 
Oh, hey, oh yeah, hey, 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 real that's quick. awesome. Todd. Hey, Capone and Daryl, you guys can carry on with the podcast. I'll just remove myself, <laughs> right? <laughs> so the point being back then, sales sales was face to face, right? Like mm. you couldn't, you, there, I mean, there were telephones, but nobody was using the phone for selling. You didn't mm-hmm. do that, period, right? Um, you, you could send a letter in the mail, you could send a telegram, but sales was happening door to door, face to face, foot soldier type selling. I'm looking you in the eyes and I'm having a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. Now we had this face, we had this humanness about selling. Now you fast forward to the great gifts that we were given as a selling community, right? This incredible gift called the telephone becomes this pervasive element. What I've found is that outbound cold calling didn't really start in earnest until the 1950s. It had been around since the 1880s, but it took 70 years for salespeople to start picking up the phone and calling. I Well, the depression certainly in the 1930s kind of screwed some things up, but I believe that technology we ruined it, right? By getting rid of, like taking our face out of selling where we're now you're just like, you're just a phone number and you're a voice, right? And so we get to mm-hmm. the point where we ruin it to where technologies have to be created to prevent salespeople from selling, like Dr. Shirley Jackson creating the technology that led to caller ID. So, mm-hmm. oh, I don't recognize it. I'm not going to call because that's because of salespeople, right? They, they invented technologies because of salespeople ruining it. And that didn't work. So the government has to get involved and create the do not call registry where at last check there was 22 million phone numbers on because those 22 million people don't want salespeople calling them. We then fast forward to this incredible gift called email where, gosh, I can write you a letter and hit send and it's in your inbox within a second. How amazing is that? Woohoo, great for salespeople. (laughs) Guess who ruined it? Salespeople. We have to create technology again to prevent salespeople from selling with the spam filters and you know email blacklists and all that. Doesn't work. The government again has to jump in. In 2005, George Bush signed into law the Can Spam Act to prevent salespeople from selling. Right? I look at those things. I look at LinkedIn as this incredible tool where I can not only see your whole resume, I can see your face, I can see your location, all your type. I can hyper-target and I look at my connection requests and I'm like, oh, salespeople are ruining it again. What are we doing? <laughs> right? Video. I worry that we're going to ruin that too. I mean, Bomb Bomb is awesome. I got it loaded up here. I'm like, it's incredible. But then I get the generic video prospecting emails from somebody going, hey, you, I'm really hey, you. impressed by what you're doing. I'm like, oh, so, it. so it's right, Todd. So all the, it seems like every time they just carry a bad habit to another platform that's why right. I, that's why i'm just so afraid that bomb bomb and video you know because we love our friends at bomb bomb but just the whole video aspect of this they're just going to take what didn't work on other platforms and all of a sudden stick their mug in front of a camera and shoot and the same thing's going to happen well i think when i look at um there's a, a company that published a chart of all the new sales technologies right so mm-hmm. as i talk to companies their tech stacks are just like like going crazy. And what I keep advising them is technology is great when it's used right. And Larry, like used from the heart, right? Mm-hmm. That Like when we try to, the, the dirty five letter word is scale. Like the minute that we go, hey, that's a cool technology. That's going to help us. You know what we should do is like 10 exit and just like, let's freaking <laughs> hammer this thing and watch what happens. Like that's when we start to ruin technology. But 
to go back to your question, Daryl, I think at its core, I believe that sales lost its face. Where a mm. hundred years ago, it was human. It was, I'm looking at, you know, I'm having these conversations. And then technology made it so that, hey, it's a lot easier if I don't have to actually look at this person and I can send them and write them whatever the heck I want. I can call on the phone and if they hang up on me, I'm going to uh, make a social post about it and laugh and then go on to the next one. I, I think that's where we went wrong. I believe that we need to go back to Woodrow Wilson's sentiment in the 1916 World Sales Congress again, that when we do things right by our customers, and then we use these technologies for good, not evil. We uplift the profession, but we uplift the economy. We uplift the nation. We uplift other nations, and we all win as a result. Mm. It reminds me of last uh, last episode. We were talking with Ethan Butte and Steve Passanelli, yep. our friends that just uh, are about to launch Human Centered uh, Communication. Uh, and the the subtitle of the book is Digital Pollution, like getting rid of digital pollution and all of that all the way along every time we've introduced a new communication platform salespeople not all of us but salespeople have put digital pollution out there it's no different than those ocean things of floating plastic garbage just uh right and um this is this is epidemic yeah this is so good todd and by the way everyone listening in i want to make sure you go out and subscribe to the sales history podcast because i have a feeling we're going to be talking about this quite a bit i love the way you're going back in the archives but i'm curious todd as you're going back and you're looking at um the history what are some other things that we've lost along the way yeah so you know, I, I was recently watching the movie Glen Gary Glen Ross. So, How can, who can get that out of your mind? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And there's a scene in it, the famous scene where Alec Baldwin addressing the sales team talks about AIDA, right? Attention, interest. He calls it decision, but and then the last one's action. But when it was invented, mm -hmm. AIDA was actually theorized by a guy named E. St. Louis Elmo. Uh, I'm sorry, E. St. Elmo Lewis back in 1898. 1898. Was, 1898. Wow. And it was it was theorized to address we as human beings how we go through a buying journey. Like we we give attention, we become interested, we desire it, and we take action. That was used like it was designed to think about that from a sales and marketing perspective. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing: that became the basis for every sales process that I could find in all of my books from 1900 through 1925. AIDA, attention, interest, desire, action. All these sales processes teaching sales reps to recognize buyer behavior and take buyers through their journey. Now, today, I encourage all of you to go into your CRM and look at your sales process stage names. Mm. Are they about recognizing buyer behavior or are they things like discover, qualification, um, demo, proposal, close, right? Your stage names are all seller-based, seller-type activities. Over time, and I think this started with IBM in the 1950s when they invented the term BANT, right? Sure. And they created a, what's called a qualification construct, which was really about a selfish perspective that, hey, listen, if you're buying one of our machines, it costs about the same as a freaking 747. So we're going to ask you the B first. Do you have budget? Because we're not going to waste our time unless you understand that this is going to be massive. And so 
we all of a sudden, we kind of switched into this mode where instead of teaching reps and then measuring by their sales processes based on recognizing buyer behavior, we went to looking at selling behavior like Ford did in the assembly line, right? And, and so like, that's one of the other things that really jumped out at me is mm. how do we get sellers to go back? And maybe it's not AIDA, but maybe it's things like, you know, the construct of my book. And I didn't come up with this combo, but it's the structure of buyers going through why change. So deciding is my status quo sustainable or could I be doing something better? Once they've chosen for change, then they go to why you, why are you the right solution or the right mechanism to get me out of my status quo? And then they, once they do that, they go, all right, do I sign this now or can it wait? With the under hundred priorities that I have is this one that I'm going to prioritize. If we go back to that, I, I believe that we can actually think about our stage processes and assign, like don't change your percentages or whatever, but you can actually assign them to your first couple of stages are based on why change. The next couple are based on why you, the last couple are based on, are they going to sign it now? Or are they going to wait that like that will just reinforce with sellers about recognizing, learning to recognize buyer behavior versus, Hey, I sent a proposal. So we're at 50%. Like that, that's one of those things that I think they got right back then that we've gotten away from today. Yeah. Hey, hey, just, I got to jump into this because it, there's, there's one word, actually a couple words that tie into this is somewhere along the way, by the way, I love geeking out on some of the stuff and that's why I follow what Todd does. You got to follow him as well on Instagram because he has the sales historian on Instagram and it's just great stuff. But somewhere along the way, we took the human factor out of this. Don't know where it is. Maybe you can dig it up in your archives and through your research, Todd. But it's like we took the human factor out of this. And all of a sudden, if Daryl and Todd are in the market, we just try fitting it in our process and cramming it through the funnel, pardon the expression, as fast as possible. And we've just, I don't think we've never got, we haven't gotten back to bringing the human back to this. And that's why I just love the folks at BombBomb, you know, because Ethan and Steve's first book was Rehumanize Your Business you know, with the launch of their second book about bringing the human connection back somewhere along the way, we lost this. Don't know where, but it is fascinating stuff. Yeah. And I think it, I mean, the, the pandemic has certainly exacerbated some of the need for a lot of this too, that, you know, we're not getting face to face with people. So thank goodness for the technologies of BombBomb for bringing this to light, because I, I mean, I use video technology every single day, not just for things like this, but for like humanizing my proposals, humanizing mm -hmm. my re-outrage, trying to use it as tools to help educate the people that I'm actually even trying to sell to. I just, I think that video, if done right, is going to be that mechanism that helps to re-elevate the profession. And if done wrong, it'll be that thing that people start ignoring, like their emails and their cold calls. And mm -hmm. so I think we're, right now we're kind of at a, a trigger point where if we get it right, I think there's a huge opportunity and I, I love it personally. I really like the idea of a client focus on the sales process pipeline. I think our pipeline labels do betray us, right? They really do. And it's interesting because when we're thinking about um, getting sales and marketing teams aligned and helping companies do growth strategies, we don't talk about sales process or marketing process. We talk about the, um, the customer experience so what's the experience all the way through? And, and I think that may be another uh, more 
you know, current lingo to put around how, you know, what is that buying experience uh, all the way through and how can we support people in that decision? That's a whole other topic we'll, we'll yeah, uh, dive I'll into. Yeah, my, my take on it real quick. Um, I believe that the future of sales and marketing is about expect expectation setting. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, because that that's where transparency comes from. That's where selling from the heart comes from, where you're able to allow the buyers to predict both the pros and the cons. So customer experience, I'll give you a couple of quick examples. I, you guys go to Costco, you, you shop sure. at Costco, right? Like I, my, my daughter was having a birthday party. And so she like, she loves, like she wanted me to go get like a vegetable tray and a, ve a fruit tray and all that. And she loves ranch dressing, right? For her the vegetable tray. So she's like, get ranch dressing. I'm like, all right, cool. So you go to Costco. Number one, it requires a subscription. Number two, you find the ranch dressing. There's only one brand available. There's no brand selection. Number three, you better like ranch dressing because you're buying almost a gallon. Right? <laughs> um, and then like you look over, like, hey, you need a toothbrush? Here's a half dozen, right? Like that's that's Costco. You go, mm -hmm. you check out, they slap the stuff on the conveyor, they throw it in your cart, no bags. There's a lady at the door waiting to check your receipt against your stuff to make sure you didn't steal anything. Costco, number two retailer in the country behind Walmart, and their subscription renewal rate is up over 95%. Now, why, what does that mean? It means that I believe that if we brand our experiences, both the pros and the cons and do it up front, you set proper expectations and consistently mm. meet them. And I've got a whole nother rant about the under-promise over-deliver. Don't do it. It creates a short-term satisfaction spike. But over time, it creates something I call expectation inflation, meaning mm. it's a form of lying. You know, under-promise over-deliver, it will create a short-term satisfaction spike. But then over time, you won't be able to keep up with it. Um, and so I think our jobs are look at that customer experience and go, what are people going to like? What are they not going to like? And let's embrace that upfront. Like quick example on that under promise over deliver just happened to us. My wife and I and our two kids, eight and 10, we go to a restaurant with, with the check. You just expect the check. But what happens? They bring milk and cookies out for the kids. Right. So under promise over deliver. You didn't expect that. It's like, oh, that's awesome. Kids love it. They want to go back the next time. They do it again. Third time, though, they bring out the milk and cookies. My son, instead of being excited, is just like, cookies yeah. kind of hard. Like, it's kind of <laughs> stale. Right? So, like, you know, that under-promise, over-deliver is not sustainable. I, I believe mm -hmm. just embrace who you are mm -hmm. authentically and transparency. Look at your sales process. Costco, Ikea, Southwest Airlines, you name it. There are companies. There's a, a hot dog place in here where the reason people go is so that the people working there will yell at you. It's called the wiener circle. Like they literally scream profanities at you. And after a Cubs game, people are lined up down the street to go there. It's about set, like, we'll wait. Well, well Todd, it's the way the Cubs are playing. That's why oh, I'm screaming at them. Well, I'm, uh, I'm more of a White Sox fan. So that's the good news. So uh, we'll hopefully be meeting you, uh, your Dodgers in the, uh, the World Series this year. But, but like it's, I believe that the future of sales and marketing has got to be about embracing who you are, the pros and the cons, and setting proper expectations and consistently meeting them. Because when you do, your customers will not only buy because you'll build trust right at the get-go, but by meeting those expectations consistently, your customers will stay, they'll buy more, and they're more likely to advocate on your behalf. I love it. Yeah, that's so good. 
What an incredible conversation, Todd. And I'm so thankful uh, for just the contributions you're making. And, and, you know, the transparency sale was one thing. This book is fantastic. But now going back in the archives and and finding this stuff, which what a cool collection, by the way. You can start the sales museum by the time you're done. But <laughs> bringing all of that to us now with the uh, Sales History Podcast, dude, you're you're awesome. And it's just such an honor uh, to have you in the Selling from the Art community. I just, I just want to say a huge thank yes, you for hanging yeah. out with us okay. today. Guys, I, I, it goes right back to you, man. I, I love you both and I love what you're doing. And like I said, seriously, when I see you guys, it just puts like I see a video on like Instagram or whatever, and I'm like, oh, that just warms my heart. I love you guys. <laughs> oh, that's not good. Well, we, we, hey, we love you back, but hey, just hey, just real quick before before we wrap this up, Daryl, right? Because Todd's a sales historian, but I also know that Todd's a sports nerd as well. I'm a sports nerd. Now that I know that you're a White Sox fan, sorry, listeners, you're just going to have to deal with this for about another 20 seconds, is when's the last time the Dodgers and the White Sox have played in the World Series together? There's one for you, Capone. I have no idea. I, I won't even. I, I almost want to say it's 1959, the year that Daryl was born. But you, you can go, you can go <laughs> ahead and just verify that. But I'm almost positive it was 1959. I know that Daryl was born uh, in a different year because we are only a couple of months. That's of right. Oh, of Todd, you let yeah. him off. <laughs> Come on. Well, Todd, uh, thank you so much. We're looking forward to seeing all, all the stuff you got cooking up. And uh, it's just been a total pleasure hanging out today. As always, guys, great seeing you again. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's you our got pleasure. it. We appreciate you. Oh, Daryl. Transparency so sale. Wow. <laughs> it's so good. I, I, I can't wait to. Uh, I got to go hang out with with Todd and see some of these old uh, smells well, these old books, right? Because well, you're it's your nerd, right? So it's absolutely, like, it's like Nerd Central. I love you, Capone. But that was Nerd Central. <laughs> no, it's it's really good, and I think this, you know, the reality is looking back and and uh, and maybe even this is a good personal inventory. Um, you know, what have we lost along the way? Um, in sales, what, you know, whether you're a couple years into this or, you know, whether, whether you started selling in the last century as Larry and I did, uh, what, what have you lost along the way? And I think it's a good time of just a little self-reflection. Yeah. You, you know, what's really interesting is, um, and I love that Todd goes back in time and is bringing this to the forefront. I was just recently on someone's podcast and we started talking about, you know, what were some of the great books you read? I'm a firm believer. I mean, I go back to some of the classics that I read when I first started. Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. You know, our good friend Tom Hopkins with How to Master the Art of Selling. It's why every day I love watching a Jim Rohn video. Mm -hmm. It's their messages stand the test of time because at the core, it's just, I believe it's basic stuff. And we got to get back to the core foundation of this, which is just being human. I agree so much. And uh, so that's our challenge. Sit down and, and look back and go, what, how does this apply to me? What, what may have, I have lost along the way? And uh, let's figure that out. And a great way to accelerate that is to get engaged in the 2021 Trust Building Challenge, 2021trustchallenge.com. Get your ticket right now. Once again, a huge thank you to our friends at BombBomb uh, for backing this, from rehumanizing sales, giving us the technology to make human-to-human uh, -human communication uh, not only possible, but incredibly effective. BombBomb.com slash heart to try it for free for 14 days. Thank you to everybody in the community who's leaving reviews for the podcast. And as always, until next week, 
keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value. Go back and look at what you lost along the way. And most of all, sell from the Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.